I'm cool. <laughs> That's how you should start it off. How are you, Joshua? <laughs> I'm great. You sound like Prince. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right. So we're back. We're back for, man, what episode is this now? Five? Episode five. Cinco. Cinco de Fuego. That's it. We're we're hitting up a new subject matter, yeah. something not related. Changing it up. To the supernatural. Well, at least not the two known brands of supernatural that sure. we've hit up already. Yeah, absolutely. Um talking, we talking about, about Dune. But I feel like more importantly, Den- I don't even know how to say his name, Denny Villeneuve, the director. Okay. Um, I don't even know who the director was. I actually thought that we were just talking about sand. <laughs> so I, I was, was under the impression we were talking about yeah, like one sand of God's dunes. creations. Yeah, so I had like some stuff. I had some. Do you like go through like National Geographic and just look up everything they had on dunes? I have some ecological studies. I do have some of those. All right. That I pull. I'm just <laughs> so, yeah, Dune. I think it was uh, a fantastic film. I loved it. I loved every second of it. Um and I went in blind. I went in, I had not read any of the books. Same. Not seen any of the the old is it movies or miniseries. I know there's a couple of them. There was like a lesser known one that came out on like the Sci-Fi Channel. How many times have you seen it? Twice. <laughs> Twice. <laughs> well, cuz I was as I was going to I was going to say 3 times, but it's only been like twice all the way through so i will say that i've seen it i think like four times now and the first time obviously paid attention the second time mostly paid attention by time number four i've got my phone out until the attack right oh really i you know to be honest my favorite part is like all everything at the beginning to when they get to like when they first get to Arrakis, and I feel like like the whole time, like when like from that point, from the beginning to that point, you really get with very very minimal like storytelling, like very minimal dialogue, you get like a whole picture of like what this world is and what these worlds are, and and kind of the grandiose, really really big 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 um, universe that they live in. And just kind of the scale uh, of the whole thing. I don't rock with the shields, man. They don't make any sense. <laughs> yeah. I was thinking about that, too. They don't use bullets. They use swords because the shields have negated the use of like things that fly through the air. And then what do they kill the king with? The freaking airborne projectile. Why don't they have guns just spraying a bunch of those little spinny things that can make it through the shield? Put those in a machine gun, you're like knocking everybody out. They're going to be on the ground like trying to swat them away like flies. That's true. It doesn't make any sense. (laughs) I mean, it's a sci-fi film. It's not supposed to make sense. Every single person who wore a a shield got killed. They're useless. They're garbage. It's because it's the slow knife. But they're not. They're swinging swords at each other full force right, when homeboy's when in like, the hallway. Close, that's when he's just like precision, like a surgeon. When Jason Momoa dies, he gets hit like full on with a like giant swing of a sword. Listen, I haven't watched it four times. I don't remember every single little thing. 
Well, then how are you going to sh- rock up to a podcast to talk about it? Listen. <laughs> I loved it. I love the movie. <laughs> it's it's very well done. It's it's done at a scale that like makes you wonder about the rest of the universe that you can't see. Um I wish they would have shown us some guild navigators and like gone a little bit deeper into So now I've looked all this stuff up. Right. To be clear, like when right. I went into the movie I didn't now I've looked up all the, this kind of stuff. I want to see the navigators like doing like getting high and navigating the stars oh, yeah, and stuff yeah, like yeah. that. Um I think that would have been a cool thing is to to get a scene in space. Mm-hmm. Because you don't get that. You you get like they're on their home world and then the next thing you know they're on Arrakis. And it really only goes between the two places and then like I think in uh what are they the Harkonnens? You get to see kind of some of their their ship or their palace or whatever. Yeah, and then there's like a brief scene on the other planet that has the uh, the soldiers on it. The emperor. They're like drinking blood or something of all these upside down people. It's kind of weird. Interesting. I don't remember that at all. When yeah, when he says it, um, like right before the invasion starts, they show the like emperor's representative going and I guess ordering the soldiers. Okay. And being like, hey. We need you to go like fight these guys. So what was so what was your like your standout like favorite part or favorite character? I, man, I liked the dad a lot. I liked the king. Dude, same. <sighs> he was so good and like I feel like the only thing that I wanted that movie to have was a situation where him and his people like kicked butt a little bit right because they're set up to be this like you know what i sat down i forgot what they're called um what are they called what What are his people called the house house atreides house House atreides there we go they're set up as like these badass (laughs) christian podcast my bad as these like really good soldiers and so he says that too when they're standing up there and the representative of the the emperor shows up right. and he's like, we are house of treaties. There is no call. We do not answer. Yeah, there is yeah, like yeah. no faith that we betray or whatever. Right. And it's like, Oh, and then the Harkonnens are like, yeah, they're a threat. Right. Right. They're like, um, and they, t- he talks about the like uncle and the, his, his nephew that's like running, running the show kind of talk about how much of a threat they are to the emperor himself. Right. And then they just get the, yeah. Butts kicked. Yeah, they get their their butts handed. To so them. I wanted to see them like be awesome at something. I yeah. wanted to see them like maybe repel a first invasion, and then right. they like get beat on the second one. But right. they just got curb stomped after being like listed as why the, would the, the, why was the emperor so scared of them if like two legions or whatever could of just take his them little out. soldiers could just they're done right. And I think it's because like. He wanted to take them out because he knew, like, they kind of mentioned it briefly in the film. He's like, you know, we're House Atreides, like, the, all the other houses look to us for leadership, right? So, like, I think that, like, if House Atreides were to call on everybody and be like, hey, we're going to stomp the Emperor real quick, we're going to yoink him, mm, then they would, like all, <laughs> they would all join in. But I think, like, by themselves, they were a little bit more vulnerable. And then on top of that, they were in unfamiliar territory. But still, like, (laughs) 
And I get that the that the shield went down because the doctor betrayed them and all that stuff. Right. But like, they got sneak attacked. <sighs> that sneak attacked. You didn't have anybody check. Like they had. Yeah. You don't have any like resources to tell that there's something in orbit over the planet. Like all these ships. Right. Right. And then I don't think they had gotten their like their infrastructure wasn't completely set up yet. But wasn't that what? Uh, Duncan Idaho went there to do. That's true to scope it out, but I think it was more for the the natives, the native people there. I just feel they, like they, they set called? them up as like these, like really like prepared and yeah. like good fighters that actually had a chance in fighting <laughs> off all the other houses, and they just got I their just butts kicked. Like the Atreides, man, we're House Atreides. We good fighters, <laughs> you know. Like that's it. But yeah, no, I get what you're saying. Like it's just like they slipped up. They caught him, caught him slipping. And they the the guns that just like cracked their ships in half with one shot. <laughs> like, does everybody have those guns, <laughs> or do just the Harkonnens have them? Like, I don't know. It felt like such an overwhelming attack. With they they ran out of the barracks, and they were running to the ships with no weapons and stuff. You don't have your guns or your right. swords with you, like in the barracks. They just right. I know that it had to happen to advance the plot, and the movie's already long. Right. But it felt like they just got sold out by the plot, honestly. Yeah. Like, they just had to be beaten real quick so that we could move on to, you know, gazing at Zendaya in the desert <laughs> with her CGI eyeballs. C CGI blue eyes. Yeah. <laughs> so, I loved, uh, again... <laughs> you asked me what my favorite movie moment was, and I just... You were just like, I'll tell you, I'll tell you what the worst one was. <laughs> And I'll go into to deep elaboration over that. <laughs> <laughs> What'd you like about the movie? Nothing. Nothing. I hated it. It's terrible. <laughs> um, no, I loved I loved the king as well. I thought he was great. Um, I really liked how he's kind of this guy who is just kind of navigating the worst situation. And I feel like he's kind of like, I know these people are oppressed. I feel like he's like in this situation where he's saying like, I'm going to go into this bad situation within the confines of the context that I'm in and do my best to live by my convictions within it. And, and honestly go in and say like, hey, let's befriend them and not subjugate them like these other guys did. And I really liked that in his character. I really liked him seeing him as a father and saying like, even if you don't, want to take up this leadership position like that makes no difference to me like you're still my son i love you can you not take my like biggest point for the jesus part of the <laughs> podcast later no i mean you can still bring it up reference back to it <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i also love like the my favorite thing about that movie though is just the set design the design of everything from the costumes to the sets to like everything even like I love the the pacing too. How it's just so slow. It's sl it's slow in some parts, so you can uh, you can fully appreciate like number one the design, but also the scale of what's happening and and just all the characters involved. Those are some of my favorite things about it. All right, I'm trying to think about a favorite. No. Like think about something good that you like. <laughs> No, I like the movie a lot. I've seen it a lot. It's a good. Like, I like the movie. I just hated movie. It. There's just like some plot points that don't make any sense to me. <laughs> Those helicopters, not 
Oh, those are so sick. Yeah, they literally couldn't work. I know that, but they're so cool. <laughs> I wanted to build one out of Legos. But when he's like in the storm, sorry, you were dead. Like, <laughs> you're dying. Nobody can turn off a helicopter in the middle of a storm and just kind of float. Oh, yeah. They, kind, they of kind of free fell, though. They kind of went into a dive. They would have they would have died. It's, it's the year 10,191. Okay. All right. I'll allow they it. figured it out. Also, they have that laser, the Harkonnens, that can cut through that door and, like, everything beyond it in, like, two seconds. So why don't they just, like, bring one of those, point it at the palace and go, like, whoop, and then cut all the soldiers in half. I feel like when you're you're cutting this together later, you're going to be like, what do I... We should just make this episode about what you hate about the movie. <laughs> Dune is bad. They're Don't standing watch there it. on one side of the door There's and the no laser's coming, right? And they're like, oh no, the exit's on the other side of the laser. How do we get there? We're going to get cut in half. <laughs> Go under it. It's on a truck. You can see it's moving. Crawl. Get on your face and go. Don't. St- okay. Never mind. Um, my favorite scene. I had a couple. I'm a sucker for like cool lines and speeches. So what he was, I was okay. saying about when uh, he first accepts the emperor's orders at the beginning. Yeah, I like that scene a lot where he's like, "There's no call. We do not." That's that hypes me up. Yeah, I'm like, that yeah, would hype me up too. Yeah, for let's sure. See these guys like do some cool stuff. Um, I enjoyed the whole process. With the uh, when they go see the spice harvester, okay, and the worm is like incoming, yeah, and so you see all the like talking between the little spotter and like all how the, all the infrastructure is supposed to work to make this super dangerous thing like what happen, happen, yeah. Uh, but I think it also played an important role in um. Now I forgot the son's name. I'm the most unprepared podcaster Paul. ever, Paul. Yeah, Paul Atreides. When they're like. And it also speaks to the, to the the father too, where he's like, "Hey, we gotta go get these guys off of this thing. Yeah, like, we can't fit enough people." And Paul immediately knows how heavy the shield generators are mm-hmm. in his dad's uh, little helicopter things. Right. And he's like, "We get if we throw those out, like we can fit them." It just shows that he has like been trained in all the military ways, and he actually it gives you a little reference that he's not just a helpless kid. Later yeah. in the movie, when he has to go like fight a guy, it gives him some credibility, I guess, for in, sure. in being trained in these kind of operations. Because yeah. Duncan kind of craps on him a little bit when he's like, "Oh, I want to go," and he's like, "Oh, you put on some muscle." He's like, "Did I?" He's like, <laughs> "No." no. <laughs> so they kind of make him out to be maybe unprepared and not like able to do that, and right. then um, you see like, "Oh no, he can think quick on his feet." He's yeah. And then I really like the seeing the sandworm in the distance and then having it eat the thing. It was, and his introduction to the spice floating around, like it was, I don't know. I liked that whole sequence a that lot. That was really cool. Yeah, I really did like that scene. I um, To add to what you're saying about him being kind of having some credibility, I do like how they developed him as like a student because from the very beginning, you know, he's reading, he's, he's um, doing research about um, Arrakis before he's even going. So I feel like he is a very like dutiful son where he's just like, I know we're going to do this. I know we're going to, you know, be leaving and I'm going to go and, and be prepared because that's, you know, that's what's expected of me. Um, but and I, I feel like it lets him bring up some stuff and you kind of allow it as a watcher. So like 
when him and his mom crash, and he's like, oh, you got to do the sand walk thing. And yeah. Walk like this. If, you know, he hadn't been watching the holograms in his room, if mm-hmm. he hadn't been, like, studying the fighting, and you hear right. him listening to the audiobooks and stuff, right? I would have been like, yeah, right, he knows that. <laughs> but by the time you get there, you're like, okay, like, he took this assignment seriously, and he right. tried to, like, get all that in his head. Right. And I think also that there's that... uh that scene when they're out in the when he's walking out, I think in like this courtyard, and he sees this dude watering trees, and he was like, "What are you doing?" And he's like, "You know, the these trees consume enough water for five men each tree." He's like, "So that's like a hundred men. It's like twenty trees, a hundred men, hundred men worth of water." And he's like, "So why not just cut down the trees and and save the water?" I feel like he's like very pragmatic in the way that he thinks about things, to where he is very. Uh, he is wise, and I think that that kind of shows the relationship that he has with his father because his father taught him, you know, to be wise and to, but also be compassionate because you see how he sees other people and he looks at them and he's, he's just, he's that type of character, I think, where he cares about the, the people of Arrakis. He cares about peace and keeping the peace, and and um, I, I really think that that shines from Again, the king being the man that he is. And I, I think it's actually good that he brought that up because, again, that's someone like me. If he just walked out there and he's like, yeah, this is enough water for 100 people, I, in my head, would be like, well, get rid of them. Yeah. Like, that's kind of <laughs> yeah. stupid. Right. And so the fact that a character said it right. and then they kind of went back and forth, I'm like, yeah, it is stupid, but, you know, at least they admitted it's stupid. Right, right. Um, I want to say... I want to ask you your thoughts on, like, the whole mom and her cult thing and, like, having her son get tortured with the yeah. magic needle and all that stuff. Like, yeah, because we've talked about the relationship with dad. What do you think yeah. about Paul's relationship with his mom and the weird stuff she's into? Yeah, that's, you know, that's an interesting concept for me is because you you obviously learn later on in the movie that Paul's mom and dad are not married. And so it's almost like a, not a transactional thing, but a cultural thing. It was a, it was a cultural thing for them to have Paul together. And so when you when I look at the relationship with the mom, you do see that she cares and loves her son as a mother would, even though she's in some into some weird stuff, which is basically just their religion. You know what I mean? But that does have that supernatural element to it. To which I kind of almost equate as like prayer. What you know, using the voice. Like we pray because we want to see God move and we pray in faith. And so I almost see it in that light of like we have we have spirits, right? And there's angelic and obviously, you know, the Holy Spirit, and then there's demonic forces. Those are spirits too. And so I almost see it that way where it's like, you know, Paul uses it in the way that we would, you know, pray or have the Holy Spirit. And then there's obviously other factions that are more demonic in cultish and witchcraft and that kind of thing. So, because I think even even Paul kind of questions like what the motives are of his mom's like kind of cultish friends. But I think like, 
he he really wants to like use it for good. Does that make sense? I I think so. I think he's also like it shows the the struggle of him kind of realizing maybe that there was a plan. You know, like the yeah. the Lord has a plan for us and sometimes um it's not what we want. Right. And so he hits that stage where he's like, "Oh, there's like this plan that's been laid out for me." that right. other people have been working on that didn't consult me about right, it. Right, exactly. And, you know, that's, it's seen in more of a bad connotation there, but, you know, in our lives, it's it's much the same way where there's a plan that we can't see right. that's being laid out for us, and it's, we can see the fruits of that plan sometimes speaking to our life like he did when he stepped off the ship. Right. And they, like, recognized him. Immediately. He'd never been there. That's weird, right? right? So... Um, it, sometimes there's situations we step into where that's where we're supposed to be and we have something to do there, but we weren't aware of it until right. the, the second that it happens. So I think he has a bit of that struggle in like, you know, do I go with this thing that I don't know that's been kind of laid out for me? Do I pull away from it? Right. Um, you know, what kind of path to take there? And I think we have that same struggle sometimes in our lives. Yeah, I think so too. I think that also that that whole scene and like pretty much everything from there on out I feel like really tackles the whole idea of the messiah in in filmmaking and storytelling so I really want to tackle that tackle that portion of it what do you you know make of that whole thing because I think we see it in you obviously see it in the matrix where it's like oh Neo was the one and he kind of pushes back against it and then um, you have it in other movies. I can't really think of anything right now, but it's 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 tackled a little bit differently in this movie. Um, and there are some very very Christ parallels with him. Obviously, with any with anything with the Messiah, you're going to get those. But what kind of did you see that really stood out to you when, when watching the movie? Just biblically in in general, or, or yeah, specifically just, to the Messiah thing. Specifically to the Messiah thing, I think. I I want to say back to the scene where he gets locked in the room with the evil witch mama. Mm-hmm. And after that, she's arguing with his, his mom. And she's like, you were, um, you were like dumb enough to think that you could have this kid. Um, and I think of that as like somewhat Mary's situation. Right. Where she's like, yeah, this is Jesus. Um, He's the savior for everybody, and uh, I got pregnant without, like, you know, without a man. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, he's pretty important, and everyone's like, yeah, no. Yeah. We might have to stone you, because that's, like, not, you're not married, and that's weird. And so there's that same, like, level of persecution from her, like, you thought that you were good enough for this. Right. You have that same, oh, you thought you were, you, Mary. Yeah. Like, you think that you are good enough to be having, like, Jesus's child? An right. angel didn't come to you. And people right. tried to dissuade her in the same way. Yeah. I, th- I think that's an interesting point that you bring up. Because so then, uh, from that perspective, you can see the rest of her religion is not necessarily a cult, but as more of, like, pharisaical. Yeah, that's uh, that's what I was uh, I was thinking, too, is, like, okay. they they believe a thing, and they believe that, that Jesus way. is possible, but this isn't it. 
right they're kind of blind to the fact that it's literally happening right in front of them right and that's the same with like the her whole i think that what they call them jesuits or whatever yeah the bene bene, bene jesuit or whatever yeah yeah um and they're like yeah no this is definitely a thing but it's not but this, him. this isn't it and yeah. then their own work on Arrakis when he shows up, they wreck the people that they've been influencing recognize right. him. So like maybe he is the one. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I think that's like one of my favorite parts of the movie is when um, you know, besides all of the the set design and everything and the way they set it up, was when they put on those suits and um She's like she's checking them just to make sure they're on right, and she looks at his boots. She was like, "You set your shoes up for like this way or whatever." Yeah, he's like, "Yeah, it just seemed right," and she kind of quotes like their their prophecy, like yeah, like, like he will know our ways or whatever, as if he was like one of us. Yeah, and so that was very like I was like I love that because that's what we do. You know, we live they live and die by their prophecy, and we live and die by the word of God. Jesus lived and died by the word of God. So I, I love that part of it, which really, like, for me, when I saw it, I was like, <laughs> that's alcohol. Yeah, I love that. I love that. And I loved when um, just little things here and there that you see that they're just like, that's him. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like, yeah, I loved it. And I and honestly, I love that they're called the Fremen because it's like Freeman. You know what I mean? Like, we are free. I like that. I didn't think of that. All the names are kind of funny. Yeah. Arrakis sounds like Arachnus to me. It's like yeah. Spider. Right. But okay, so I'm gonna talk about the thing that you already spoiled. It's not gonna be as cool. But Sorry. No, please. I feel like it'll be cooler when you say it. I guess. <laughs> Whatever. So. When he's like chilling in the graveyard, which is weird, with his dad, and um, he's like, "Son, you are the future of House Atreides." And he's like, "What if I don't want to be the future of House Atreides, Dad?" <laughs> and then, <laughs> why did you give him that? Because <laughs> he's a little whiny. Yeah, he can be. And then the dad's like, "Well, son, even if you're not the future of the House Atreides." You will still be the only thing I ever needed you to be. But you're detracting from I feel my. Like what, I feel, it's because you're doing the funny voice. <laughs> I feel like you should put the clip in there in this part when you're cutting it together. But I'm acting it out in okay, a way that please, please continue. That they never could action in the movie. Even. <laughs> <laughs> Do it. You're gonna get even raspier and raspier as it goes along to the point where you're just gonna be like <laughs> Anyway, he says even if you're not uh the future of the House of Trades, you'll still be the only thing I ever needed you to be, my son. Right. And I think a lot of times we get caught up in that. We're like, um, it's hard to be a Christian and do the things that we're supposed to do and you know, not say the word see, I even messed up in this episode on yeah. like, one of those things. And, like, do all these things. Or I could just not do that because I'm clearly not good enough. And Jesus is pretty much, like, the expectation is effort, right? Right. And at the end of the day, like, 
if you believe on these things, you will be saved. It doesn't say if you believe on these things and you are perfect. Right. It doesn't say if you believe on these things and like you never mess up and you always know the right thing and you always do it correctly. Um, like ultimately, the requirement is that that there is no requirement that we right. are not good enough. Right. We just have to accept that we've been given a chance regardless and we right. have to accept it. Um, and so that was a really, really powerful line to me. And the minute I saw it in the theaters, I was like, I got to use this in a church context because yeah. it's literally what the Lord says to us. Like, even if you fail, even if you can't live up to the standards, like at the end of the day, you are my child and that's all that that's matters. That's I want you to be, yeah. That's all that's required. Everything else, like how many crowns you get stacked up when you get up there. Yeah, we should absolutely strive for that. But the right. base requirement is to be a child of the king. Yeah, absolutely. That's it. And I love how he goes on to say, like, just it, he really, like, takes the pressure off of him when he says, like, I just need you to be my son. But then he goes on to say, he says, you know, just give it a try. And I'm sure you'll find it along the way. And I think that that's what Jesus says to us, too, is, like, he takes the pressure off of, like, you don't need to be perfect. But it's like you said, all I want is effort. And when we put in that effort, he says, you know, my grace is sufficient for you. So in, when you fail, he said, you'll find it along the way. He said, just keep going. And so I love that. I love that line, and too. That's one of my favorite lines as well. Solid. Solid. It's a good movie. I feel like I didn't give it a, a fair shake. It's. I am very nitpicky, and I could pretty much look at any movie like that and come up with something but it was done very well i'm very excited for the second one yeah i hope it gets off to a little quicker start on the second one <laughs> I, but I'm the, sure it's, it will. it's a big universe to unpack and yeah. i think they get it did a good job of introing some of that stuff right uh along the way but there's some deeper explanation that's needed about like the politics and the right like how everything's laid right. out so uh, i'm excited I, it was one of my favorites that I've seen in the in the past year. I definitely see it as like the the way it's laid out, the, the politics of everything it just seems very much like the Roman Empire, mm. because you have all these different houses, which would be all these different nations, but there's an emperor over all of them. So and 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 even that I think takes it to for me to the level of like okay yeah he is kind of like this Jesus character because Jesus came in during the Roman Empire when Israel was occupied by Romans and yet he still was like within that he stayed in his lane so to speak he said you know I'm not here to take them over I'm here to save my people mm -hmm. and the rest of humanity but um when you said that it just made me think of that yeah it's like the Roman Empire to me because you have all the different houses but they all still answer to the emperor the imperium I I'm I'm very curious once they I think there's three parts planned. Okay. Once the three parts are done, like if it's gonna be an overarching like Jesus allegory. Mm -hmm. Like uh, like the Narnia series. It's got like a big arch right. and that arc arc. Yeah. yeah. So I'm <laughs> I'm hopeful that it's gonna be a, a nice like setup into that. It'll wrap it up with a nice biblical bow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No same. Well, any uh, any final thoughts? You know, never mind, because I know you're just going to tear it apart. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to complain about something. It was a joke. It was. No, say what you're going to say, yeah.
I just I just don't know how <laughs> their it's little those shields, man. I just don't know how their ships can be so weak to be like hit right. with one thing, but they store them underwater. That's kind of crazy. Oh yeah, I didn't. Yeah, I forgot about that. How do they get down there to get the ship? You gotta swim. It's just a very unprepared way to store your ships. I feel like sinking them. So we see y'all next time for <laughs> X Men. <laughs> you asked. <laughs> it's a great movie. I loved it. <laughs> I know you can't tell, but four and a half stars. But <laughs> it was bad. <laughs> no, I, I I loved it, and I'm gonna watch. I need to watch it again just so because I feel like there is a lot to to get into. But um, the next one is X Men. We're gonna be rocking. Yeah. That. Oh, oh. Do you did you have a verse that you wanted to read? For, for this one, for, for this one, not necessarily. I I know we were like trying to come up with that. For do you have one? I I do, and I gotta scroll back because the page reloaded. But I do. Um, Let's hear it. Do 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 do. There it is. All right. So what I got is Romans eight, seventeen through nineteen. Now, if we are children, then we are heirs. Heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ, if indeed we share in his sufferings in order that we also may share in his glory. I like that. Because Paul is sharing in some suffering right now in the series. For sure. I mean, he suffers from beginning to end, mm-hmm. with, from his hand to his dad, and his, most all his friends and people dying, for sure. One of, one of my favorite sayings is that, you know, the Lord never promised that it would be easy. He yeah. just promised that he would also be there. Right. Um, and so, like, it's this kid could inherit potentially an entire empire. an entire galaxy or whatever, an entire <laughs> universe, right? right. Um, but it's it's not like it's going to be laid out for him. He's got to like go through get through his it. trials and tribulations. But it's he's going to appreciate it. Once mm-hmm. he gets there, because he had to go through those things, and so it's it's kind of the same thing with with us. Salvation is given freely, but it comes with a promise of yeah. hardship. To live it out, to walk it out is is a different story. But we're not alone. But we're gonna talk a little bit about being persecuted for our faith in our next episode. So um, encourage you to tune in for that. Did you wanna did you wanna wrap with a prayer or do you want me to? Yeah, you you wrap it up. Okay. Wrap it up. I can put a bow on it. Lord, we pray for the helicopters in Dune. I'm just kidding. (laughs) Ornithopters. Lord, thank you for for those out there listening and for giving Josh and I the the opportunity to have this this platform, however small it may be uh, at the time, but to reach reach people and hopefully speak into some lives. Uh, Lord, I hope that, that those are listening remember that there is no requirement for salvation. Like we, uh, all, all that's required is that we accept what was freely given and we truly believe uh, and everything else kind of comes with it. We just have to try. Um, so if I pray that if anyone's out there and they need some encouragement to try, that this is it. And they kind of, kind of move forward with that. But, uh, Thank you for for everyone listening. Thank you for this opportunity. Uh, In your name we pray. Amen. And we will catch you guys in us in about five minutes. But 
two weeks for you guys. Thanks for <laughs> listening, everybody. <laughs>